Hello, and welcome to season two of our podcast, Talking to Humans. Uh, my name is Mark Andrus. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast, alongside Vicki Demert. And our, uh, our theme uh, for this season of Talking to Humans is engaging with emotions. Engaging with emotions. We're really excited about this. Uh, Vicki, how are you doing today? Good. Um, I thought, Mark, that we agreed that I would go first and kind of welcome everybody and do the greeting for the podcast. Well, it is Talking to Humans with Mark Andrus and Vicki Demert. Again, maybe it was Vicki Demert and Mark Andrus. We'll, we'll have to talk to our producer. I'm, I'm just reading the script that's in front of me. So anyway, so we are starting off uh, season two. Uh, again, the theme is going to be engaging with emotions. And we've invited Matthew Brazelton. He's one of the pastors here at Redemption Gateway to join us for this podcast. Uh, this first episode is going to more than anything be an introduction uh, to the subject of emotions. We want to begin to examine it a little bit through a, a theological framework, even just understanding what are emotions biblically, what does God have to say about them, how do we see emotions on display um, in the character of the person of God. Uh, and so I want to just take some time to, to begin setting the stage for the conversations over the, the rest of this season. Uh, Matthew, thanks for joining us today. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. That's I a- feel uniquely qualified as a human to be on the show. <laughs> so. Yeah. You well, must be human. Yeah, that's a <laughs> significant prerequisite, right? Yes. Yeah. What What is your your role at Gateway? What do you do? Who are you? Oh gosh, yeah, I'm the pastor of operations, so I oversee our kind of facilities, finance, administration teams, and I also help lead worship. So, and I'm an elder. Awesome, just fun. Yeah, lots of hats. So, yeah. Vicky, I know that you have done a lot of thought uh, thinking ahead to this season of talking to humans. So, uh, there are all sorts of topics we could have discussed, but emotions had a particularly strong pull for you. Yeah. So, can you just tell us a little bit of, of why that is? Why did you decide to, to highlight emotions for the season? Yeah, I think, you know, especially in the counseling room, I end up doing a lot of uh, apologetics for emotions like giving permission, people permission to feel emotions, engage with them. And I just realized there's a lot of, of thought and, and misunderstanding and, and the way people think about and approach emotions and um, how do they feel about how they feel and is it okay? And, um, yeah, it, ju- it just leads people to think uh, it, they don't have faith or something like that. And how did they get there? So I thought, you know, just doing a, a podcast and kind of going through emotions would be helpful. Awesome. Yeah, and I and I would echo that that in the counseling room, I probably spend at least fifty percent of my time uh, simply put, giving people permission to feel what they're feeling. Too often, we're trying to get out of where we are and getting someplace someplace else emotionally that we think, for some reason, is more holy or more mature. And so, giving people permission to be sad, to grieve, to be angry, so on and so forth. Um, Matthew, I'm, I'm curious for you uh, in your many years of pastoral experience and also of being a human. Um, <laughs> how have you, this is a big question, but, but how have you kind of worked through this idea of emotions over the years? So how, what role has your understanding of emotions played in your personal life and in your pastoral ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say early on, I think emotions were viewed in kind of the circles that I was maybe groomed in as more of a something in the way mm. kind of more, maybe something to be controlled or changed or even ignored at times. Um, and over the years, I think through my own just spiritual journey, as well as just kind of learning and growing a bit um, in different circles, I think we've come to realize like that, that emotions are um, 
kind of a, a really big part of what it means to be human mm-hmm. and created in the image of God. God's a God of emotion. Um, in fact, emotions are all over the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Like when we read you know, the narrative story of scripture as well as the, the prayers and praise songs of scripture, um, they're there. And so kind of began to realize like I, I need to have a, I need to have a deeper understanding of, of what this is and how to, how to interact with it than maybe I, I started with. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious from just like your childhood and growing up, why do you think it is that, that emotions were maybe something to be ignored or inconvenient or like, what was it about having yeah. emotions that? It's a great idea. I think, I mean, I gr- we, we all have kind of grown up on like the tail end of maybe the, kind of modernist movement in the history of the world, which really uh, kind of emphasized uh, kind of subject or excuse me, objective intellectual Mm -hmm. kind of evaluation of things, right? This idea that if I can detach myself from my circumstances and my feelings, I can see clearly and I can, um, and I can choose rightly. And um, so there's a high emphasis on kind of, self-control, which really kind of, um, I, I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, speak negatively about self-control, <laughs> but, uh, things to say fruit of the spirit, but yeah, I, I feel like the, you know, even like, I th- I'm even thinking of like some of the, the guys I was really into in the church when, as I was growing up and kind of young in my faith, it was all about kind of this intellectual, mm. do we have smart people who actually believe this stuff because mm-hmm. the world was kind of at that time at least was was kind of claiming that if if you really had like a brain you wouldn't you wouldn't have faith in mm. like you know these sorts of things and so um there was a real i think desire at least in the christian community i grew up in to say like hey we're not just like emotional like church people like we have like we have thoughts and mm. we have ideas and uh you know we've we, we can stand on our own two feet intellectually. And I think those are, you know, valid pursuits, but, but maybe some of the other aspects of what it means to like engage your faith, uh, got maybe underplayed a bit. Sure. So I don't know. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Almost sounds like the pendulum swing. Sure. You know, yeah. Like, like we're not emotional, we're intellectual. So we yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. At least the stream I grew up in. Sure. So. That was certainly a lot of my upbringing as well, where, um, emotions were were viewed as something that could never be trusted. Mm-hmm. If anyone was too emotional, like even in worship, like yeah. moving around too much, raising their hands too high, singing a little bit too loud, it was that that fear or cynicism towards an overly emotional um, kind of interaction with anything, but especially related to spirituality. Um, and I know for me, similar to what Matthew said, that impacted a lot of my viewpoint towards emotions as they were... Um, either something to be avoided or kept in check um, and, and never to be the thing that determines why you do what you do, mm-hmm. you know, decisions you make, like emotions are mm-hmm. only ever an afterthought. They're only a byproduct of what you choose and what you believe. And there's a, there's a part of that that's true, uh, fundamentally speaking, but, but to leave the emotional component out of decision-making is also part of like denying a part of, who we are and how God has wired us to think and feel and act and respond. Well, and it's a lie to think you could actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I mean, I'm mean really like the desire mm-hmm. to not be emotional is motivated by some sort of underlying 
desire. Mm -hmm. Like you're afraid <laughs> yeah. or right? you're insecure, <laughs> right? Like you're worried that people will mm. think a certain way of you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all An emotion tied up is in actually there. like, got, like involved in that. Yeah. 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 The sweet irony. Yeah. Right. You, you mentioned, uh, being made in the image of God and God having emotions. Like, can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. One of my favorite sermons that I remember listening to um, when I was a young Christian was by John Piper. It was called Tears of Sovereign Mercy. And it was a sermon about how uh, the passage in uh, Matthew and in, I believe it's Mark or Luke, I, I'd have to look it up, but when Jesus is kind of entering Jerusalem for the final time and he looks out over the city and he weeps and he says, oh, Jerusalem, mm, yeah. would that you would know like basically he's saying like, if you would only have like received me, like I'm here for you, I love you and you're, you're rejecting me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he knows what's about to go down and he's just overcome with emotion. It doesn't deter him from, from his mission. It doesn't change what's true, but it just showed, it showed how deeply like connected he was, um, to, to the people around him. Mm -hmm. And I just love that, you know, scripture tells us that that Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Mm. He's the fullest revelation of the father. So we see, we see these aspects and elements of God all throughout the old Testament, you know, um, signposts, things pointing to what God is like. And, uh, but then we see him like fully manifest mm -hmm. in the person of Christ. Um, and I mean, his life, you look at his life, it's a life of, of emote emotion, of mm -hmm. connecting with people and loving people and weeping and, um, sarcasm and mm -hmm. I mean, all kinds of, you know, mm -hmm. that's my favorite part. Yeah. 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 I, so. I, I don't think we, we typically look at or think about God being emotion, emotional or mm -hmm. having emotions. And so it's really significant. Yeah. Uh, the whole, the, like the most famous sermon Jesus preached, arguably the Beatitudes is all about how do you find happiness? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is interesting that when you consider a lot of the, the kind of foundational Christian literature over the past, you know, however many hundreds of years, there are all sorts of things on attributes of God and, you know, specific like topics in scripture and, you know, theological understandings and things. But there's very few literary works on emotions. Mm -hmm. It's like B.B. Warfield is one of the first, wrote a great book called The Emotional Life of Our Lord, but it's basically mm -hmm. the only thing written about emotions and connecting emotions to God for about a hundred years. There's been a little bit more movement in that recently as people, Paul Miller has been a part of that, uh, as people are beginning to, to dive into that and make those connections more and more. But but even connecting biblically with emotions and what it is to express emotions is made in the image of God is still a relatively new pursuit uh, for, for the Christian church. Yeah, yeah, I almost think it was, I feel like some of the stuff that I, I've read related to like the reformers, um, especially like maybe the Dutch reform stream. Like, I don't know that they even thought to bifurcate or delineate emotions mm. apart from the rest of the, the human person. So like so, some of the, some of the gap there might just be that the thinking about emotions, like the way that we're talking about them mm -hmm. is kind of a, a new thing Yeah, in the history of the church. Maybe I, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's Zicky, theory, but I know you've, You've done a lot of just processing and thinking. You've also written about uh, about the role of emotions in a, in a handful of ways. How would you how would you talk about and define what it is to to have and express emotions and how that relates to being made in the image of God? Like how would you how would you make that connection? 
Yeah. I think when we look at God, like he has emotions, but he's not stoic and he doesn't let his emotions dictate um, what he does. Like, like, oh, I'm just angry. So I'm going to, um, but, but he has emotions. And so if, if we're made in the image of God and we have, um, he's, he's made us emotional. <laughs> we we're, we're made to be affected, but I think being affected is the very thing that, that shows that we can be in rela- relationship with others, that we have value, that things are important to us. Um, if, if God didn't care, he wouldn't have emotions, right? That would kind of affect, that would affect a lot. Um, so I think his, his anger at sin is, is important. Um, yeah, with, without that emotion of anger at sin, like you don't have the invitation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's there's not hope if if God isn't angry at that, and therefore then also in His love, another emotional connection, creating a way to to deal with that. I, I, when you talk about being affected, and that's a huge part of of my story, and really what God used to draw me to Himself was I, I grew up thinking God doesn't care about what you're going through; He only cares about how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until I something happened, I really understood, no, yes, God does care about how I respond to something. Yeah. But he also cares that I'm hurting. Yes. He's affected mm-hmm. by what affects me. He cares that the whole picture of Matthew, you talk about yeah. Jesus looking out over the city. When I began to realize there was an aspect of that in, in which how God looked at me, both in my suffering and in my sinful rejection of him, that is a huge component of what really caused me to repent and, and turn to him. So I, and ironically and sadly, I still rejected <laughs> the value of emotions mm-hmm. for about another six, seven mm-hmm. years after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge part of my story. Yeah, I think emotions are hard because we, they, they reveal what is important to us. Like there's, there's something going on. It reveals something about my heart, myself. You know, I think it was you, Mark, that mentioned uh, uh, emotions lie. <laughs> you know, don't listen to your emotions, they lie. But actually emotions don't. They tell us the truth about what we believe and think. And they tell us the truth about what we, what is important to us. And it's that investigative work um, of uncovering that and, and engaging um, with God in that. And so we don't have to ignore them, but we can allow them to lead us and become more self-aware. What does it look like to to engage with and investigate emotions? Like, yeah, I think you rightly say they don't lie, they reveal things. Mm-hmm. Um, most people I talk with, you know, whether professionally, if you will, in the counseling room or just in normal conversations, that is not a normal process of like reflection and engaging thinking, you know, self, you know, self-reflection, all that kind of stuff. So can you help understand what do you mean by that? What does it look like to engage with, to investigate, to interrogate your emotions? What's that process like? I think it starts with having language. Like, what am I feeling? What is the emotion? I'm feeling sad. Like even just being able to, to label what the emotion is, um, as easy as that sounds, it's actually really hard to do and people don't do it, you know? So I, yeah, like, so can I even name the emotion? And then can I even go deeper and say, like, what, why am I feeling angry? What about this situation um, feels unjust? Or what am I not getting that, that I want? Like, what is it, um, and what does it mean if I don't get what I want? So it's kind of that interrogating ourselves, interrogating, you know, like, what's, what's going on, um, and I think when we when we do that, now all of a sudden we have a different way to engage with God. We can g- engage with God more honestly. Um, yeah. What is it? Like I said, that's not a, that's not a natural thing for a lot of people. How did you learn to do that? <laughs> you know, 
I, and in my question, I, I acknowledge there's an implication that you have learned to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it's just life. As you go, kind of like what Matthew was saying, as as you go through life, you just um, you learn. And and I think for me specifically, my story in struggling with uh, anxiety and fear and generalized panic disorder, like there's this extreme experience of emotion like it wasn't you know and I think that that brought me into this I have to figure this out like what is going on like why why am I having panic attacks like there's um you know and I think that led me to understand like we're embodied people so we physically experience emotions like when you're sad like tears come in your eyes fill with tears like there's something physiological that happens or when you get angry um like maybe you're just face gets red or, you know, like, like adrenaline is released. Like there's something physiologically going on. It's not, it's not just this thing that's you know, like, like we're, we actually experience it. But I, I think going through that process of um, what am I afraid of and struggling with anxiety for a long time and, it, and really getting a lot of advice of, of how not to be anxious and how not to be afraid and that people saying that equaled I wasn't trusting God, which was really confusing to me. Like, there was this implication on my faith um, when I was, like, praying all the time, you know? So I was like, okay, but I'm not trusting God. God, will you forgive me for not trusting you? You know, like, it was, it just took me down this, this, I I started to become, um, I went from hopeless to hopeless. Mm -hmm. And um, it it was really interesting. After I kind of got a lot of help in, in counseling, realizing a lot of people who loved me and great intentions, nobody asked, what are you afraid of? Mm. <laughs> like what, you know, just that, that simple question that, that there was something causing my fear and I needed help um, uncovering that. Yeah. Matthew, as you've, as you've worked in the church for a really long time and been around a lot of different people, and even as you talked about kind of having different transitions of your own understanding of emotions, why do you think, and I, I don't know if, it, to me, I work in the church, so maybe it's just I think this because this is primarily where I'm around, but it feels like the difficulty of engaging with emotions is a much bigger problem inside the church than it is outside the church. Again, I could be mm-hmm. wrong, but as you consider your experience, why do you think, why do you think people and Christians in particular have a have a difficult time engaging with emotions. What's the what's the fear itself of acknowledging emotions of fear and anger and sadness and those sorts of things? What's the hesitancy within the church? What's played into that? Gosh. Um a lot of thoughts come to mind. I mean, for for people like me, I think control has a lot to do with it. Like I I like to feel like I'm in control of my situation and my body and, and all that. And, uh, emotions feel like they just happen to you mm-hmm. and you, you know, and that's kind of threatening. So, um, I think there's some of that. I think there's a, um, a lot of kind of re- religious, like a lot of people that are kind of drawn to religious systems are people that are trying to, um, be good and do the right mm-hmm. thing and, earn their way to, you know, justify themselves and, uh, emotions just kind of mess all that Mm -hmm. up, you know, like you can be going along and all of a sudden, wham, like, where did that come from? And so I think, so there, there may be just some distrust there. Um, ironically, you know, 
the invitation of Jesus is an invitation to surrender mm. and trust him and follow him. And yet we've turned it into an invitation to obey, which is mm. this, like, I'm going to grab the bull by the horns. I'm going to wrestle my flesh to the ground and I'm going to show Jesus how great I am, you know? And that, that like, um, that feels a lot different than like surrender and trust God and kind of come, come what may, like as he writes the story in my life. Um, so that, that, that feels like a much more vulnerable spot. And I just don't think people generally like, unless you've been never been betrayed and never been hurt, mm -hmm. like vulnerability is just a hard thing yeah. for people. But, but that's like, when you're talking about emotion, it's a vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah. Like, I don't want to acknowledge that I'm affected, but it's vulnerable. Yeah. And it also feels like it's giving you or the other person some sort of power. Like you have the ability to affect me in a way that, that Well, and it feels hurts. weak. It, yeah, feels it feels weak. weak. And I think we've forgotten in the church today that the call to follow Christ is a call to weakness. Mm -hmm. That's good. Like even if you look at how God designed humans before sin, like they were dependent, weak beings. Yes. They mm -hmm. needed food and shelter and oxygen and water and mm -hmm. relationship with their creator and even each other, right? They needed one another. Like they were dependent in every area of life. Mm -hmm. And that, that, like that weakness is just something, I think a lot of people look to religion to like bolster their strength. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Ra rather than go, Hey, I'm weak. How does yeah. this, how does this fit? It's go help. I want something that will make me strong. Yeah. 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 Like if I'm weak, people are going to look at me differently. They won't respect me. And it's interesting because yeah. scripture, you know, it says like, um, and my weakness has powers displayed. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be seen this way. Like I admitting I'm affected, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. weak. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I grew up in a Christian, which I, I really appreciate. Like the goal was let's win people to Jesus. Let's get mm -hmm. people to heaven. And I think a lot of like what happened was people felt like, well, then we need to be perfect. So people will want to mm. be like us. Mm -hmm. So we won't look hypocritical. And it was like, we forgot, no, we're not the savior. Like we yeah. point to the savior through our weakness. Yeah. Um, rather it was like, no, let's, let's get everything right. Let's have mm -hmm. all the right, yeah. everything. And that requires like a ton of willful control, which is, yeah. there's no place for emotion in that. Yeah. It's interesting with the, the, what, what we long for, whether we put in these words or not is like, can you talk about control? I think about predictable outcomes. Mm. I don't necessarily feel like I need to control everything, but I just wanted to be able to know what's coming. Yeah. And so even like the draw for for a lot of like evangelism stuff and what I grew up in and, and even, even now in some different ways that I think and hear about stuff, it's, um, here, here are all these questions, you know, big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's the meaning of life? All these sorts of things. Why does suffering happen? There are all these big questions that people ask why for, and we want answers. And one of the draws, Matthew, before you mentioned like the, you know, just the religious, what draws people in you know, to religion. I think one of the draws is, I will find answers here. Mm. And, and sometimes that's true. Um, but, but what is all the time true is, is not, Hey, in God, in Christ, in the gospel, you'll find answers rather you probably won't, but you'll draw close to the one who does have the answers and has promised to hold you and has promised to carry you. But why would I, uh, why would I want to follow somebody like that? If it means that I have to, give up my quest for answers and give up that feeling of control and give up, mm. you know, you talk about that, that, that mm. idea of surrender. 
I think it's another another aspect, another draw of religion that ends up leaving people more upset and more uh, frustrated because well, I didn't get the I didn't get the answers I wanted. Yeah, and now I'm feeling weak again, and you know the cycle continues. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. In my experience, most people who want answers don't. That's not the main thing they're after. Hmm. Like answers sounds like a a good thing to to go after, but usually it's something deeper, like comfort or um, community, or I, I don't want to be alone or I'm afraid. And I'm, I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out what to do with that. You know, it's a, oftentimes it's like a desire emotion sort of thing underneath the intellectual thing. Yeah. I was, I was reminded of, there's a, there's a couple different points in scripture where Jesus interacts with people. Um, and he, you know, they show up on his radar and he just bluntly asks, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. And, and as it relates to this, this topic of emotions, I think we really have to, we really have to consider how would we answer that question? What, what do we want from Jesus? Do we want the emotion to go away? Do I want the problem to be solved? Do I want, you know, there's all sorts of ways we can answer that mm-hmm. question. Um, but, but part of what I appreciate about that question and the invitation that is even in prayer, and we see, you know, lots of different types of prayers in the Psalms is whatever it is that we want at our depths, at our core, there's an open and free invitation from God to just tell him that, that we don't have to sugarcoat it, paint it in different kinds of language. Mm-hmm. We don't have to make it sound more holy or more righteous or less affected than we really are. Um, but we can have, you know, we can have the, the groaning and the crying out of the heart that just says, I don't know what I want but I want something different than this because it hurts too much. Like whatever that, whatever that feeling is, I really appreciate that open invitation of Jesus that just goes, Hey, what would you like me to do for you? Mm. Yeah. That's good. I'm thinking about how people view emotions and their approach. I'm like, it's not okay. Somehow we've gotten to the place where it's maybe not okay to be angry or feel sad. Or if we feel those things that equals, um, we're, we're not trusting God. Whereas, um, the very acknowledging of those feelings and um, engaging with God that in and of itself is faith, you know. And so I think that, you know, we kind of started talking, started this conversation off talking about permission and just the fact that how did we get here where people feel like they need permission to be able to be mm-hmm. sad or feel how they feel um, is is interesting. Yeah. Well, like, you know, James Chapter one, count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds. Mm-hmm. So if I'm affected, if I'm sad, if I'm grieving and hurting, a lot of times then I also feel guilty because, well, I also don't feel very joyful. And I, scripture says I'm supposed to have joy right now and I don't. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean about me? Um, and so there are a lot of those verses that will and that are catchy and memorable mm-hmm. And that we've been taught and we've heard repeated over and over again. Don't be anxious. God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. Um, you know, count it all joy. And so I, I think there's a there's this contradiction that we unintentionally create inside ourselves that says, I must only feel this mm-hmm. one thing. Otherwise, it's contrary to what scripture says. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all, we've all grown up in this kind of cultural system that's told us that the point of life is to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like that's, like if you're not happy you're not living. Yeah. You're you're missing out on something. And ironically, like we're one of the most depressed societies mm-hmm. in the history of the modern world. Mm-hmm. Like it it's uh and yet the Bible has a totally different like point of yeah. life. The point of life is to know Christ and yeah. to be formed in his image. And he was 
well acquainted with sorrow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not all he was, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not our future, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the Lord's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes in the end, which is a very emotional experience, by the way. Yeah. But, um, but I think l- learning to acknowledge our emotions now allows us to actually connect Mm. on a deeper level than just our minds with the Lord and with others, which is a huge part of what we were created for. We were created to, to connect with other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do a, uh, I officiate a lot of funerals here at the church. It's one of the primary aspects of my job in, in bereavement. And one of the things that I come across pretty frequently is, uh, you know, here we are at the here we are at the service, and some people are like it's a celebration of life, and we're happy, and we're celebrating, and we're sharing all these good memories, and and then there's a whole other subsection of people that are not denying any of that, but are just really sad, mm-hmm. <laughs> understandably so, and grieving because somebody they love has passed away, mm-hmm. and how often there then is conflict between those two groups, where the sad people are going. How could you possibly be so happy and upbeat right now? Does that mean you don't miss them? You didn't love them? Mm. You know, and then the happy, memorable group of people is going, why are you bringing this down? Why can't you focus on the good? Um, and there are these, again, seemingly contra- contradictory emotions that the scripture addresses if you look in the right places. But I think even the, the verse says, we do not grieve as those without hope. Well, implied in that is we're still grieving, like they're still being affected. There's still that sense of loss, but simultaneously, there's also Mm -hmm. the ability to experience something else alongside the grief. Mm -hmm. There's grief and there's hope. Mm -hmm. There's sorrow and there's rejoicing. Um, And that that ability to simultaneously experience different emotions then also creates more weakness because that's, I don't know how to interrogate. I can't even interrogate Mm -hmm. and investigate one of my emotions, let alone two Mm -hmm. or three that are happening simultaneously. Yeah, I think you highlight kind of the the tendency is maybe to make a moral judgment or assessment. Like, do you not care about, you know, this person? You know, like, so so we'll make a judgment or assessment. But, yeah, like, we can hold emotions simultaneously. Um, I can be sad about something, but because I'm sad doesn't equal I'm not thankful for God's provisions. Like, I'm thankful for his provisions, and I'm sad at this loss. Um, And I can engage him in that way. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like if we had our kids, uh, one of them was riding a bike and they, they fell and like skinned their knee and, you know, we, they got hurt and maybe the neighbor could put a stick in the spokes or something. And they, they fell off and they're, they're hurt and they're crying and they, they come to us and they're like, thank you mom for loving me. Thank you for feeding me. Thank you for providing, you know, like there, there'd be like, wait, that's, I can see that that you're hurt. I can see the blood dripping down your leg. <laughs> Why are you thanking me right now? Yeah, like like almost like like I don't doubt that that you aren't thankful for those things, but I also want um to care for and engage with with your hurt. Like like I'm angry that you gave me this bike because it's what hurt me. You know, like whatever the process is, um, the freedom to engage with that. But that's relationship, and that shows that there's safety and that there's trust, and that 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 will be cared for, and we can relate on that. So, so when your when your kid is is coming to you with the blood dripping down his knee, I would then venture a guess that your flinch would not be just to tell them to suck it up and be grateful that it's not worse. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. you don't do the whole silver lining thing. Yeah. At least. At least you have a bike, you know, or at <laughs> least you know, right? Like like we can. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, the other thing I was thinking is we, we can't command emotions, mm-hmm. right? Like, like be happy, you know, or be right. Like, especially if there's a lot going on and I think, um, we would love to be able to, yeah. I'll ignore how I'm feeling and fuck it up and say, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It is interesting. I, I totally agree. We, you, we can't, and yet there is like, um, you can cultivate emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like even, I even think of some of the Psalms that where the Psalmist kind of invites God's people to be happy about who he is or, you know, what, what he's done. Um, and it's almost like he knows, uh, that, uh, in many ways, our emotions kind of lead the way in our lives. Uh, I was reading a book by, um, a Christian psychotherapist named Kurt Thompson. I think he's a psychotherapist. I don't know what the right term is. Is that what he is? He's pretty awesome. Psychiatrist. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Neuro guy. Uh, And he was saying that if you study the the two parts of the brain that kind of control like just regular like cognitive function, like just thinking thoughts and reacting, and then you look at the part of the brain that that is uh, the emotional part, um, the synapses fire way faster on the emotional part. Mm. So it's like the, the thoughts are always behind the emotions when, when you're acting as a person. And so his, his point was if you're, if you're out of touch with what's going on emotionally, you can't think your way out of it. Yeah. Like it's, it's impossible because the emo- yeah. they're just so much quicker. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a stronger engine, you know? Um, and he, he was kind of saying like, that's why it's really important to just be aware of kind of emotionally what's going on yeah. because that's going to be what's driving you. He said somewhere, um, that our thoughts, our, our thought processes, and even the the information we seek out is usually trying to like justify the emotional like place that we're already in. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. It, by the way, we saw a lot of that in twenty twenty. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that idea of you didn't use this word, but there's a degree to which emotions are way more instinctual. Mm. But so like, I you know, wrestling with my kids. And one of them hits me in the face. Ooh, yeah. Right? And for some people, it's like no big deal. For me, it's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. But like before before there's any thought process, yeah. before I even have time mm-hmm. to register, yeah. who was it? What was their intent behind it? What's an accident? Was it on purpose? Yeah. Would they not be like, before anything else happens, it's just, I don't know if you guys ever see the movie Inside Out. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the you know, anger, the red guy, just immediate flames. Person, like, And most of the time, I'm able to catch that before some kind of yelling comes out of my mouth <laughs> most of the time. There are other times where, where that instinctual component comes in, but, but then, then there's the opportunity to capture that and go, wait a second, you know, what happened? You know, the logical thought process, who was it? What was the context? Was it on purpose? Was it an accident? And then I'm able to kind of change and shift how I respond. But, but there's a lot of times where that, that anger comes out in those kinds of moments before there's any logical thought process that's even happening. And, and that's not all the time. Like there are anger in other situations where like I can sit and stew on something for a really long time and, and I can cultivate, like you said, anger. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to add to, to what each of you said. So Vicki, you said you can't command emotion. Matthew, you said you can cultivate it. I would also add that you can redirect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where like I love in the Psalms, the Psalms are full of emotional expression of ev- ev- every kind of emotion you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, 
they're imprecatory psalms where it's, you know, David or some of the psalmist crying out, longing for judgment on his enemies and for God's punishment on those who are afflicting him. There are songs of lament and weeping and mourning where Psalm 88 in particular, mm-hmm. where there's no turn. Mm-hmm. My, my paraphrase of Psalm 88 is God, everything sucks. It's all your fault. The end. <laughs> there, at no point does it go, but I know your mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. Like it says that mm-hmm. enough in Psalm 136 to cover the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, but it doesn't turn, but it's just this honest expression. And I would, I would say with that, the idea of, the redirection of emotions is, okay, what am I feeling? Yes, I want to know why I'm feeling it. I want to investigate mm-hmm. it. But regardless of the why, regardless of where that's coming from, whether it's an instinctual thing, whether it's I've cultivated a good or a bad kind of emotion, part of part of the invitation is then to redirect that. And it's, it's an act of faith in and of itself to take those emotional expressions to God in prayer. And honestly, here's where I am. God, you are the one who is affected by what affects me. God, mm-hmm. you are the one who has the power and the authority to do something about mm-hmm. my situation. You are the one who has the 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 final say in judgment that is laid down. Either this person is going to bear in their body or Jesus is already born on the cross. And so those, those redirection of expressions uh, to God, even in depth of emotion, is an act of faith. It is an act of acknowledging the character of God. And I think that's a huge gift that's given to us in scripture in so many ways in which the Psalms give language to our experiences and to our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about Psalm 88 and how it's, it's uh, God word facing. He's talking to God. So the, the whole thing is, is engagement and dialogue. It's like we're listening into a conversation that the Psalmist is having with God <laughs> and then it becomes God's word to us. It's yeah. amazing. And I, before I read Psalm 88, I had never prayed Psalm 88 mm. in that style even after I read Psalm 88, it still didn't feel right to pray that way. Yeah. Like something about that just, just felt off. Um, and, and yeah, you, there's this idea of reverence and holiness and the way that you talk to God. You don't want to be, you know, uh, too, too crazy and, and too free with your language and that sort of way to the point of reverence. But, but it, it, it takes some work to go, wait, as my loving father... God actually cares about this situation. He cares not just about the situation, but how I'm feeling about it. And just like, you know, just like Vicky, you gave a similar example. Like I, I want my kids to come to me and go, mm-hmm. here's what's going on. Here's why I'm hurting. Here's what I'm really upset about. I, my number one thing is not to critique though, how they're feeling, but to go, I'm really glad you shared that with me. Like it's mm-hmm. an aspect of a loving father. Um, and if I can do that, somewhat consistently mm-hmm. for my kids how much more so can god do that perfectly for us if we are willing to face our emotions honestly and take them before him yeah good stuff yeah any last why well, i am um, i'm curious and this is more for for both of you because you talked about this kind of upbringing would you say that there are emotions that are inherently negative and must therefore be avoided or be repented of, or there are emotions that are explicitly positive. Like we, we like to categorize things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, black and white. Like I want to know exactly what I need to apologize for, what's okay, what's right, what's wrong, check our boxes. Talk about emotions in that, in that category. Are there emotions that are inherently right or inherently wrong? Go ahead, Vicki. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I would say there's, Emotions that like the darker emotions that we don't like to feel because they're uncomfortable. It's they're they're actually like painful. Um, talking about studies, there was a there was a study done that um, where they showed like the brain, and so 
uh, if somebody stepped on a nail, the part of the brain that lit up, you know, from that pain um, was the same part of the brain that lit up with emotional pain. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it, it just kind of goes to, you know, but, but with a nail, I can, it's tangible. Like I can see it and there's, and I can move my foot. Yeah. Yeah. You can move your foot and, and other people see it and you can um, maybe take pain medication, you know, where now here's this emotional pain that's, that's um, unseen. And um, so I think we, we don't want to see it. And then because we care and I don't want you to be in pain, I don't want you to feel that way, I'm going to try to get you out of that. And so, like, that's where the, the silver lining I'm going to try to. Well, it's the video where it's actually not about the nail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Like, I, like I, I don't want you to feel what you're feeling. I want you to feel differently. And so, so anyways, these categories of, like, um, negative positive like in, in that yeah like it's a negative thing I don't want to feel this way um but it is also the very thing that is uh makes us wholly human um I don't yeah. know if I'm answering your yeah. question but I mean I think at, at first blush you might be tempted to say well anger is sinful you know uh bitterness is sinful um those sorts of things sadness but but I I mean those are all emotions that we see in Christ mm-hmm. at various points right um he endured the cross, despising the shame, mm-hmm. right? Before he sat down the right hand of glory. Um, obviously, he's angry at the religious leaders who are leading people away from, from yeah. God, right? Um, and so it, it seems to be like uh, maybe the direction of the emotion can be sinful or not sinful, but not the emotion itself, yeah. perhaps? Like, like the expression of it, maybe like yeah. how my... Um, yeah. yeah, which which when you when I hear you say that, that's that's actually super encouraging, because if it's if the emotion itself is what's sinful and I can't command emotion, feel this way or don't feel this way, then what hope do I have? But if but if it's not the emotion itself, but the the direction of it, um, or the expression mm-hmm. of it, that is something over which, with God's help, I can change and redirect and shape. And so there's, there's a whole lot more hope in there. Cause I, I had a similar, you know, you draw a picture of the tree and like, Hey, we're going to draw all the bad fruit on this tree and all the good fruit on this tree, you know, and, and all the bad fruit is, you know, like you said, anger, bitterness, mm-hmm. you know, fear, all these sorts of things. But if yeah, you immediately, yeah, there's if you another immediately one label Jesus those experience, yeah, immediately label those as bad yeah. fruit. Well, then the goal is, well, I must produce good fruit. So mm-hmm. I have to figure out all these sorts of things when, when in reality, um, there are very appropriate and valid reasons to feel some of those things. Yeah. You know, f- the fear of fear of driving over a bridge, you know, some people wrestle with that. And, and, and you hear that, and, you know, some people hear that and you go, well, get over it, just do it, face your fears, whatever. And there is a component of face your fears. Like mm-hmm. at times there's, a, there's an appropriate place for that. But what if it's, okay, what is it about that? And, is it likely to happen that the bridge is going to collapse and your whole family is going to fall to their doom? No. But what does that fear reveal? I really love my family. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want something tragic to happen to my kids or have, you know, somebody grow up without a, you know, a parent or a loved one. Well, guess what? There feels that you love your family. Like that's a, that's mm-hmm. a God honoring value. Mm-hmm. And, and to go then, okay, the thing that I care about is also the thing that God cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, now I get to interact with God on on the deeper fear and the deeper value that's there rather than just deal topically with myself on why I'm just going to drive over this bridge. I'm just going to drive over this bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's a, there's an invitation in there to, to a, a deeper connection with God 
on on the issues that that our that our emotions actually reveal about what we value and love. Yeah, and the bridge is just the occasion for whatever reason that might that's just the occasion for which that emotion is is, is revealing. Um, and sometimes we just can't make sense of stuff like that. Why why a bridge? Why yeah. um, you know spiders? Yeah. It's spiders for me. <laughs> why spiders? You know. Yeah. Well, that's that's an easy one. That's because spiders are of the devil, yeah. and it's worthwhile <laughs> to be afraid of them. One of one of the I think I think I, one of the things I'd say is I just caution people. The way you set up the question is: Are there certain emotions that are sinful? Kind of assumes that the goal is to just like to not be sinful. Right. Well, there's only there's only one person who who can do that. Yeah. That's and right. um, wh- while absolutely mm. like sin is not going to lead us to life, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. Uh, but but the Lord has come near to us yes. in our sinful state, mm-hmm. and so I think maybe a better question is what am I feeling and how do I bring that to the Lord mm-hmm. sinful or not? Yeah. Cause he can handle right. either one. Like he mm-hmm. can handle righteous emotion mm-hmm. and he can handle sinful emotion. And it's actually in his presence that we experience healing. But if we're too afraid to acknowledge the sinful parts of us, we actually can't experience salvation in yeah. those areas. Right. Yeah. There's our need is displayed and my need is before me. And yeah. So I don't want to embrace sin, but I absolutely want to go like, Hey, I'm, I'm full of it, mm-hmm. and Jesus loves me anyway, yeah. and I'm going to take it to him. Yeah, there's freedom to acknowledge that it is sinful. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't have to hide that. I don't have to cover it up with something. I can name it for what it is. Yeah, you use the word freedom. One of my favorite quotes is by a guy named Viktor Frankl. He's a, a Jewish former, um, he was a in a, what's it called, concentration camp when he was a mm. young child. Uh, he grew up to be a psychologist, and he said, uh, between the stimulus and the response, there is a space, mm. and therein lies your freedom. Mm. And his whole point was, the more we understand what's going on inside of us, the more we're free to kind of choose how we want to respond. Mm-hmm. But if we spend our lives ignoring our emotions yeah. and not pursuing this area of what mm-hmm. it means to be human, we're we're going to be in slavery. Yeah. The, the ironic thing is most people try to stuff the emotions in an effort to experience freedom and yeah. the opposite results. Yeah. They actually become enslaved to becoming slave to yeah. the thing that's underneath that's moving yeah. them. And mm-hmm. they're totally unaware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Hey, see that that's just true of, of everything that we, that we do to try to experience freedom or autonomy. You know, that's the whole, that's the whole theme of Romans one is, is all the things that we pursue become the things that we are then given over to like, and, and, instead of experiencing freedom and fulfillment and self-actualization or whatever else we pursue, the only thing we find is slavery to our desires mm-hmm. or, or our goals or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the call of the gospel is Jesus has come to me. Yeah. All you are weary and heavy laden. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to know you're weary and heavy yeah. laden. Yeah. You have to be connected to that emotional reality in your life yeah. in order to experience the rest that he offers. He, he wants to save all of us, not just our minds or some non-emotional part of us. So that we can enjoy him with all of us, yes. um, our emotions and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll end with maybe uh, I'm thinking about Hebrews four fifteen, where it talks about um, we don't have a high priest who uh, is unable to sympathize mm. with our weakness, but in every respect he's been tempted um, as we are, and yet was without sin. And so we Amen. can, with confidence, um, go to the throne of grace, and we're going to receive what we need. We're going to receive help and mercy. And, um, Praise God. and yeah, in our time of need. And that's, yeah, my, my hope for, for this season of, of the talking to humans podcast 
is that what people experience as they're listening in on these conversations, um, they'll, they'll grow in that confidence, not because of what necessarily they hear from us, but the way that the, the character of God is revealed and the way that emotions are connected to, the, to who God is, that people grow in the confidence to say, oh, I, I can actually go before God with this. I don't have to clean this up. I don't mm-hmm. have to fix this. I don't have to do this on my own. But to really kind of live that out as with confidence, draw near to the throne to find mercy and grace in time of need. And it's interesting what's offered. It's not help. It's not solutions. It's not answers. Mm-hmm. It's mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's freely available to us. So that's some of my just desire for, for what comes out of uh, this season. So well, Matthew, thank you for thank joining you. us today. Yeah, it was and, fun. Uh, appreciate you setting us up for this and we'll see you uh, next time on the podcast that we love so much Talking with Vicki D. Mert and Mark Andrus. <laughs> Talking to humans. <laughs> <laughs>